Imagine serving Jesus Christ every week, every day, and saying, I, I wonder if I will make it into heaven, or I wonder if I will spend eternity after all this in hell. Today, you will be with me in paradise. You will be, not you might be. Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. And Colin, those were the words of Jesus that we heard just a moment ago, speaking to the thief on the cross. You will be an important principle that you picked up there. It's not you might be. For the thief, that had to be comforting words. But for the person listening today, how do they know those words can apply to them? <laughs> well, I guess it's the same question as uh, the thief himself uh, faced. These words, who were they spoken by? The words of Jesus Christ. Yeah, but that was the only assurance that he had. Remember what happened afterwards. After Jesus spoke these words, everything went dark for three hours. And the very one who had spoken these words was saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So what did the thief have to do? He had to trust the word of Jesus. He had to say, now I've looked to the Savior and this is his word. Now that's exactly how we're saved. We rest on the word of Jesus. We don't have it spoken to us by his flesh, but we have it spoken to us in the scriptures, which are the words of Christ. So I rest my soul on the promises of God. He said, if you come to me, I will not turn you away. I have to trust that. That's the mm -hmm. word of Jesus. So what I'm doing at that point is precisely the same thing as the thief on the cross was doing. I'm trusting the word of Jesus. And either I do that, or else I find myself all at sea. We'll see in a moment in today's message one of the clearest presentations of what it means to come to Jesus, to cast yourself upon him, and to be saved. With this introduction, let's open our Bibles to Luke chapter 23 and continue the message, Breakfast with the Devil, Supper with the Saviour. Here's Pastor Colin. Now, folks, the next two minutes for some of us can be life-transforming, so I want you to listen carefully, because if you get this, for many of us, it will be absolutely liberating. Your salvation in Jesus Christ involves three marvelous gifts. Justification by which your sins are forgiven, sanctification by which progressively over time you grow in the likeness to Jesus Christ, and glorification by which eventually you will enter into the everlasting joy of heaven. Uh, there, there it is. That's the whole of our salvation in Jesus Christ in just uh, three words. Justification, sanctification, glorification. That is your salvation in Jesus Christ. Now, think about this man. He was justified and he was glorified on the same day. So what did he miss? Sanctification. He missed out on the entirety of the Christian life. Never had a chance to live it. Completely bypassed it. Here is what that tells us. Entrance into heaven, glorification comes through justification, not through sanctification. Your glorification rests on your justification, not on your sanctification. You enter heaven not by your progress in the Christian life. You enter heaven by forgiveness, and through the righteousness that Jesus Christ gives you, it does not depend on your performance in the Christian life. 
And, you, you know, so many of us have been brought up with this idea that you get into heaven by living a good Christian life. That's not true. This man never lived the day of the Christian life, and he's in heaven. So that tells you how a person enters heaven. It's not through sanctification. It is through justification, through forgiveness, and through the righteousness of Jesus Christ that becomes yours by faith. He's saved on the spot. He enters into heaven. See how clear that is. Now, it is always true, I say again, that where faith is present, works will follow. But it remains clear in the Scripture that salvation is by grace alone, and it is by faith alone, and it is in Christ alone, and it is not by works. That means that your acceptance with God does not depend on your performance in the Christian life. And when you see that, I promise you, it will be absolutely liberating for you. It is good news. Where would you be, friend? If Jesus Christ said to you, now I forgive you, but I will be watching very carefully to see how you do from here on. Where would you be? And what kind of love would it be for you if Christ said, I forgive you, but you better make sure you don't mess up this time. When you read these words, not by works. Give thanks. Rejoice. This is the love of Christ to you. He does not put you on probation. He saves this man on the spot. On the spot. And here's a fourth glimpse of Christ's love that follows directly from what we've just seen. That Jesus Christ gives to this man complete assurance. Notice what he says in the simple verse. It's so rich. Today, you will be with me in paradise. You will be, not you might be. Don't you hate that business of waiting for exam results? You remember that wretched business? You feel sorry for the kids when they have to do these wretched exams. And there you are, you, you sit there and you do this paper for two hours or whatever it is, and you hand it in. What do you have to do? Wait! Wait and see if what I did was any good, good enough. Imagine living your whole life waiting for the outcome. Imagine serving Jesus Christ every week, every day, and saying, I, I wonder if I will make it into heaven or I wonder if I will spend eternity after all this in hell. Oh, do you see the love of Christ in this? When this man says, oh, Jesus, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? Jesus does not look to him and say, well, we'll need to wait and see. And friend, here is something wonderful, especially for those of us who are older today. I, I have it in my heart in this service. I may be speaking to someone older, and you know that you have pushed Jesus Christ away for many, many years, and you have delayed coming to Him, and you've delayed it so long that you're now no longer sure that there can be any meaningful way in which you can come to Jesus Christ. You're, you're older and I am so glad that when this man turns to Jesus and says, remember me in, when you come into your kingdom, Jesus does not turn to him and say, well, don't you think it's rather late in the day for you to be thinking about this? He says, today you will be with me in paradise. That's good news. 
the declaration of the last day, justified, brought forward for those who have faith in Jesus. Now, you will be with me in paradise. Do you see how this gift of assurance flows from what we were just seeing, that Christ saves us by grace through faith and without works? Because if our works were involved in any degree, assurance would be impossible because we could never know if we had done them. And if salvation were to rest on our works in any degree, and someone were to say, well, I have assurance, that actually would be the height of arrogance, because what it would be would be saying, I have done the works that contribute my part to entering heaven. Who in all the world could say that? That's unbearably arrogant. So that's impossible. But the good news, as we've been seeing, is that your salvation depends not on your works for Christ, but on Christ's work for you. And Christ's work is a finished work. It is a complete work. It is a perfect work. It is rock solid. And that's why you can have assurance, because it's not depending on your sort of partial and uh, bitsy sort of works for him. It's dependent on his completed work for you. And therefore, he's able to say, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. He hears this from the Lord of paradise. And when Christ opens the door, no one can shut a person out. So you do not need to spend the rest of your Christian life worrying about whether you're going to make it. You put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can begin rejoicing already. That's why John Owen says so many Christians are sad when they could be rejoicing and they're weak when they could be strong because they don't really grasp the full extent of the love of our Father in heaven flowing to us through His Son, Jesus Christ. Fifth glimpse of this marvelous love of Jesus Christ is simply this that Jesus has great joy in redeeming sinners. Look again at this marvelous verse. It is packed full. Uh, Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. Now, the word that is translated in English, I tell you the truth, is actually just one word which we also use in English. It's the same word across multiple languages. It's the word amen. Amen. You look at the Greek, it says amen. Uh, so think of this. Here's this man, and he says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And what does the Lord Jesus Christ say? What's his first word? Amen. Today you will be with me in paradise. Isn't that marvelous? You see the joy of that? Jesus Christ says amen to the simplest faith. You come to the Lord Jesus Christ today, you say, Jesus, I, I see my own sinfulness. I'm putting my faith in you. Will you save me? The Lord Jesus Christ says to you, amen, amen, amen. So shall it be. 
I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. Feel the joy here, folks. This is why Jesus is suffering, to bring sinners into heaven. There is joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. The, the, the father runs out to embrace and love the prodigal son who comes back. Listen, Jesus didn't die to keep you out of heaven. He dies to bring you in. So, of course, when someone, in whatever stumbling way we may come, comes with the simplest faith to Jesus Christ, there's joy in his heart. Amen! Today you will be with me in paradise. See the love of Christ there? You don't know the half of how much this heart beats. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and a message called Breakfast with the Devil, Supper with the Saviour. It's part of the series, Seven Words from the Cross. A look at what Jesus accomplished on the cross and what that means for you and for me today. If you'd like to go back and listen to any broadcast you may have missed, you can do that online. The website address is openthebible.org.uk Well, I'm glad you listened today. And as you may know, this ministry is fully listener-supported. They depend on the generosity of those who listen to help keep this program on the radio and online each day. This month, they're excited to tell you about some of the changes they've been making to the website, and that includes making it easier to show your support for Open the Bible. And by doing so, you have the opportunity to receive a free copy of Pastor Collins' new book, Six Hours That Changed the World. In the book, Pastor Colin gives a compelling presentation of the gospel message that you could use to share with someone this coming Easter. Just go to the website, openthebible.org.uk and set up a regular donation of at least £5 a month and they'll send you a free copy of Pastor Colin's new book. Find out more about Six Hours That Changed the World when you go to openthebible.org.uk. Well, let's go back to the message. Once again, here is Pastor Colin. Number six. Christ promises a life of indescribable joy. Indescribable joy. Today you will be with me in paradise. Paradise. All the joys of life in the immediate presence of God. That's what's conveyed there. Now, can you imagine what this must have meant to this man? I mean, here he is on a cross, and he must have felt he was in hell already. And he fears that worse is to come. And he is absolutely hopeless, and he is powerless, and he is in the middle of all this pain, and he's aware of his own guilt. We're getting what we deserve. And Christ says, you, paradise, today with me. Paradise? Today of all days? To paraphrase Spurgeon, this man had breakfast with the devil, but he met Christ before noon and had supper in heaven. You like that? He had breakfast with the devil, but he met Christ before noon and he had suffered in heaven. What a day. What a day. I think the thief had the idea that this um, kingdom of Christ's would be in some distant future somehow, because he says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. 
He seems to have thought of it as quite remote, but Jesus says to him, no, today, you don't need to worry about me remembering you, friend. We're going to be right there in the presence of the Father today. You will savor all the joys that are at the right hand of God before this wretched day is done. Friend, here's what we learn from that. Death for a Christian believer does not lead into a long period of unconsciousness. Nor does death for a Christian believer lead into a long process of being prepared for heaven. For a Christian believer, death is an immediate translation into the joys of life at the right hand of God. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Today, you will be with me in paradise. So heaven is much nearer than you think. I just love C.S. Lewis's Narnia novels. Don't you love that when the kids go into the wardrobe? And just the other side of the wardrobe, there's this marvelous, glorious world that people cannot see. And uh, Lewis, by that device, I think, conveys something of the nearness of heaven, much, much nearer than you think. You know, James says in chapter 4 and verse 14 of his letter, your life is just like a mist. It's like a vapor. Listen, everything that is weighing on your mind and your heart today, here's what it's like, the Bible says. It's like when you breathe on a window on a cold morning, and then that mist is in a few minutes gone. And I tell you, when you have been in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ for a hundred million years of ever-increasing joy, you will perhaps be able to look back in some way on this life and, and you will say, what in all the world was I so worried about then? Why was I so consumed with it? It's like a mist, like a shadow. And here I am in the eternity of God with unsurpassed and unimaginable joy. You see the love of Christ in opening heaven to you forever. And here's the very last thing. Christ is with his people now and always. Now and always. I don't want you to miss this right in the heart of these great words of Jesus. He says, today you will be with me. With me. With, with me in paradise. The greatest joy of heaven, of course, for a Christian believer is the presence of Jesus, who we love. The Lamb at the center of the throne, the book of Revelation says, will be our shepherd, and He's the one who's going to lead us into the springs of living water. Christ Himself will lead you into all the joys of heaven, and He is the very center of heaven's joy. He is the heaven of heaven. Now, think about this with me in this last moment. This thief on the cross. He went from nature to grace and from grace to glory all in a single day. He bypasses the unchristian life in its entirety and enters into heaven. Now, that is what God did for him. And friends, God could do that for you too. So why doesn't he? What do you think of that, by the way? Immediate translation into heaven on the moment of your conversion. Would you like that? No, you're not too sure. I'm just trying to imagine it, you know. Every time there's a conversion on a Sunday, there's a funeral on a Monday. You know? You come out at the end of the service, you pray with one of the pastors, you put your faith in Jesus Christ, and everyone says to you, have a nice dinner. It'll be your last. 
This is not a great strategy for church growth, folks. It really is not a good strategy for church growth. So I'm just asking you this simple question. Why does Jesus not do that? Why doesn't he take us all straight away, like the thief on the cross was taken straight away on the day of his conversion into the immediate glory of Christ's presence? And I'm taking a guess and I might revise it because a few people have been commenting to me after the previous services, but my guess is four out of five people will probably say the reason Christ leaves me here is to get me better prepared for heaven, my sanctification. Really? I don't often say this, but I'll say it as flat as I can. That's the wrong answer. <laughs> and if you were following earlier, you'll understand why it's the wrong answer. When you trusted Christ, you were as prepared in that moment for heaven as you will ever be because your entrance into heaven doesn't depend on your sanctification. It depends on your justification. It depends on your forgiveness and the righteousness that Jesus Christ gave to you in its entirety there and then. You cannot be more prepared for heaven than you were at that moment, and you cannot be less prepared for heaven than you were at that moment. So it is completely wrong to think that the reason the Lord Jesus Christ has you here is something to do with getting you prepared for heaven. You cannot be more prepared for heaven than you were on the moment that you were converted. So why does he have you here? There can only be one answer to that. He has work for you to do. That is why I am here. That's why you are here. It's the only possible reason for you being here. That he has work for you to do. So think of it this way. To those who die, he says, Christ says, as he said to the thief, you will be with me. But to us who live, he says, I will be with you. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to go into all the world. I want you to make disciples of all nations and I will be with you always. I will be with you until the work that I want you to do is done, and then you will be with me in paradise. You see the love of Christ here? It is life-transforming to grasp why it is that Christ has you here. I hope you see that today. The only reason I'm here as a person in Christ is he's got work for me to do. The only reason why you're here now, the only reason he's got work for you to do. So I hope you see the love of Christ in this story. I want today and through this series for you to gaze and gaze and gaze and gaze at the love of Christ until it becomes irresistible to you. If you have not yet given yourself to Christ and if He is not yet the Lord and Savior of your life, I want you to look and look and look at the love of Christ until you come to the place of saying, why in the world am I holding back from this Savior? What now is all the point of all my objections and all my arguments and all my sophistication and all my complaints and, and all my holding back? What is the value of this? This Savior must have me and I must have him. Well, that's been a powerful look today at the love of Christ and how we can know with complete assurance that we'll be spending our eternity with him. The message is entitled Breakfast with the Devil, Supper with the Saviour. 
and it's part of the series Seven Words from the Cross, taking a look at what Jesus accomplished on the cross and what that means for you and for me today. If you missed any of the messages in the series, you can always go and listen online. The website is openthebible.org.uk. This programme is a listener-supported broadcast and Open the Bible is able to come to you each day because of your generosity. And this month they have something new and exciting to offer. They're making a number of changes to the website, including making it easier to give. You can visit the website at openthebible.org.uk and as a token of their appreciation for your financial support, they have a special gift for you. Pastor Colin's latest book, Six Hours That Changed the World. And Colin, who is this book written for? Well, the book is all about what happened during the six hours that Jesus hung on the cross. Jesus spoke seven times during these six hours, and each time we learn more about what Jesus was doing while he was there. I mean, he was praying, he was opening up heaven, he was carrying our sins, and most of all, he was pouring out his great and everlasting love for each one of us. Now, I think... Christians are well aware of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ that was poured out for us on the cross. But you will know someone who does not yet grasp the love of the Lord Jesus Christ for them. So this gift book is especially for him or for her. And if you're looking for a clear, biblical and compelling presentation of the gospel to give to someone in your life this Easter, I hope you'll get hold of a copy of Six Hours That Changed the World and give that to him or to her. Well, they're excited to be able to offer Pastor Colin's latest book, Six Hours That Changed the World, in appreciation for your support. For setting up your regular donation of at least £5 a month, they're happy to send you a free copy of the book as a special thank you gift. Learn more when you go to the website openthebible.org.uk. Again, that's openthebible.org.uk. From the sixth hour, now that's midday, it's noon, until the ninth hour, that's three o'clock in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. Now, folks, this was not an eclipse. No eclipse lasts for three hours. God turned off the light. Well, they're excited to be able to offer Pastor Colin's latest book, Six Hours That Changed the World, in appreciation for your support. For setting up your regular donation of at least £5 a month, they're happy to send you a free copy of the book as a special thank you gift. Learn more when you go to the website, openthebible.org.uk. Again, that's openthebible.org.uk. 